You're listening to On the Road, Our Way, the archive of the podcast formerly known as Women on the Road from 2017 to 2020, hosted and produced by Laura Borshevsky and a production of Rabble Media. I wished for the van life, but didn't have a van, (laughs) but I did have an SUV and Pinterest. Belinda is no longer a reminder of my ex. She is mine, 1,000% purely and completely mine, made with a lot of my sweat, a few tears, a couple of drops of blood, and a little bit of help from my friends. The Quinn I know just loves home and wouldn't like building like another home, but then Quinn's like, it's a home we can travel with. When you work on something for so long, it's like that becomes a part of your reality. It's like work, sleep, eat, work on band. So when it was actually completed, I was like, that's weird. (laughs) This confidence that the bus project gave us is a gift that we'll keep on giving for forever, really. I'm Laura Hughes, and you're listening to the She Explores podcast series, Women on the Road, a podcast to bring you closer to some of the honest experiences that life on the road has to offer from the perspective of women who've lived it firsthand. And in this episode, the perspectives we're sharing all come from a place of building out a camper. For the sake of clarity up front, a camper by our definition might be a bus, a van, a pop-top, trailer, RV, school bus, or just a seemingly regular car bound for an adventurous life. They truly take almost every shape. For this reason, I'm fond of calling them campers, adventure mobiles, and mobile nests, to name a few. Just know that we're not picky on this podcast about what you drive. We want to know why you do it and what you do with these adventure vehicles. As you'll hear in this episode, there's no manual for how to build the perfect camper. And even where there may be literature or a wealth of online video tutorials, the unpredictability of vehicles, coupled with the unique way each builder lives within said vehicle, makes it challenging to replicate any one approach exactly and have it be a perfect fit. But that's what makes creating a custom home on wheels so incredible. It's truly all your own. My boyfriend and I spent two and a half years building out our van and can attest to the unique joys and trials we encountered, which I'll share later in this episode. During that time, stories and insights from other women helped me a lot. Hearing words of validation, empathy, and shared celebration from women who've been there too, it was priceless. And given the wide swath of ways a camper conversion can take place, I knew we'd need to hear from a wide array of women for this episode. In addition to reaching out to women who took different approaches to building their camper, we also received lots of voice submissions from listeners sharing their stories. While we don't have time to share every single one, hearing all of these experiences was truly inspiring, and I hope the ones you listen to today resonate, whether you've built out a camper before, live in one now, or hope to someday. Something I was curious about while putting together this episode was to discover what commonalities there might be among such a diversity of approaches to building a camper. Even coming from such different places, was there a common motivating force behind these stories? In short, yes and no. But in many cases, building out a camper came down to relationships. The relationships we have with our family, with our partner, with our friends, and with ourselves. And the more I dove into it, the more it made sense. Building an adventure mobile is building a home, and a home holds relationships. So in this episode, you'll hear stories about converting vehicles into traveling homes. But if you listen closely, you'll also hear stories about the relationships behind them. The first woman we'll hear from is Chris Holbrook, who is an outdoor adventure photographer and rock climber. She'll tell you how the idea to build out a van first came into her view. 
When I started rock climbing in 2013, I'd go on these camping trips and I had never camped before. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. And then I'd see all these camper vans, like not necessarily like RVs or set up Westphalias and stuff, but people's just like Toyota Sienna's set up to be slept in. And I was like, that's really cool. How much further can you go with that? And I kept running into this, the same sort of vehicles while climbing because it's like a common climber thing to do is live in a van and be a dirt bag. And I thought it was great. And I was like, that's what I want. I don't want to own anything. I'm done. So that kind of drove me in that direction. I have a 2007 Dodge Sprinter van with a 144-inch wheelbase. So that's the regular size Sprinter. It has the high top, so you can stand up inside of it, as opposed to the shorter versions of the Sprinter where you cannot do that. And this particular size is the one that you can fit into a standard parking spot. It actually belonged to this bike company that went out of business, and they would go to bike races and sort of fix up bikes. So there was a, a cabinet installed in the back. It had rear seats and like the cage, and it had a solar panel and a battery and everything that went with it and no insulation and random pegboards everywhere. <laughs> Getting the van was a big dream of Chris's, but things weren't all easy going with the build out. Uh, so when I first bought the van, I was at the end of a relationship. My boyfriend at the time, I met him when he was living in his van traveling around climbing. He and I started to work on it a bit together as our relationship was falling apart. <laughs> and then after that, I was working on it mostly on my own and then with friends from the climbing gym. And then eventually I also hired a carpenter friend to work with me on it. Other than that, I was really stubborn. I was like, I could do this. I imagine going from having like a partner that you like you're familiar with how they work and like what their strengths are and then looking for support elsewhere to like finish out the build and to like do it on your own too like that must have been a really I don't know I imagine that was kind of a tough time uh I guess it was tough but on the bright side he and I were never good at working on something together anyway so when we started working on the van together which was for pretty brief time, probably no more than two or three weeks together, it was already frustrating. Not only because the relationship was falling apart, but because you don't know how to build out a van and you can read all this information online about the ways that people build their vans, but there's no direct how-to guide, like this is the best way to do it, this is what you need. It's a lot of research and a lot of time you have to put into planning, and I hate planning. <laughs> Sometimes we know a project will be the impetus for something bigger than we see it for initially. Life changes and changes within ourselves. We can just feel it. And even if it's intimidating, sometimes we also know that these big projects are best done on our own. Sometimes we don't know any of this up front and we do it anyway because we care, because we're brave, because we can. Let's take a short detour from Chris's story to listen to a couple voice submissions from listeners Sabrina Osterley and Leah Yanoff, who, like Chris, each took on the challenge of working with their camper solo after hitting a bump in the road. Here's Sabrina first. 
So I have dreamt about doing a climbing road trip in my own land for years. But until recently, it seemed impossible because I have a full-time, high-responsibility academic research career that doesn't allow me to leave for an extended period of time. And the academic world is not like other industries where you can quit and find a similar job elsewhere. So it always seemed like van life was not really an option. But then everything changed. My boyfriend of four years left me completely unexpectedly late last year. And shortly after, it became clear that my research funding was running out at the end of this year, leaving me with no income, at least for a while. And, you know, there's nothing like being smacked in the face by life like that that makes you hone in on your priorities. So I bought a Ram Promaster high-roof cargo van. Initially, I had no interest in doing any of the conversion work myself, as I didn't think I would want to spend the time learning the skills. I knew it would probably be rewarding, but really slow. And to be honest, I'd rather go climbing. Um, the van I bought had the factory-installed partition separating the front cabin from the back and a large built-in wooden shelf that the previous owner, a contractor, had installed. And I figured that I had enough skills to remove both of these things myself. And so I went at it. It was harder than expected and took longer than I thought, but I had so much fun working on it and I found it so rewarding and I felt such a sense of ownership that I decided to do some of the van conversion myself. So I mentioned it to some friends and a friend who converted his own van lent me all kinds of tools. In the end, I ended up doing all of the insulation work myself. I installed marmoleum flooring that I had left over from my kitchen. And I got help from a friend who was an electrician to install the fan and the auxiliary battery and wiring for the lights and so forth. And here's Leah's story. My 1990 Econoline conversion van, Belinda, was originally purchased for a three-month-long road trip to Mexico with my ex. After the trip, the van became an unspoken symbol of the dissolution of our relationship. She passed between the two of us like a custody battle child. And then after a year of that, he just gave her to me. Even though I loved the van, even though she was the closest thing to a home I'd had in years because of my work as a travel guide, even though I had struggled to get rid of her, I wasn't sure I could or should keep her. I had discovered water damage due to a leak along the roof seam. I didn't know how extensive the damage was. I didn't know if I was capable of fixing it. Plus, it was a 26-year-old vehicle, and I'd already been worried that some mechanical repairs were going to cost me hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. Did it make sense to keep pouring money into an old vehicle? But I couldn't get myself to let go of her. I had to see if I could fix her. I didn't have a garage. I didn't even actually have a house. I was crashing in my friend's basement and doing all of the work on the street. I borrowed tools from friends, doing things like balancing wood on planter boxes to cut it with a jigsaw because those were the tools I had on hand. I didn't alter the main layout, but I gutted about half of the van, pulling out all of the main living space, walls, bed, kitchen area, cupboards. I made friends with the guys at my local hardware store and the RV parts store who gave me a 15% off DIY discount. I drilled out a lot of rusty screws, yanked out rotten wood, and with the help of friends, lifted the fiberglass roof up to clean up the shockingly small amount of rust I found and put her back together with stainless steel screws this time. 
I didn't really know what I was doing. There was a lot of YouTubing and a lot of asking advice from people who knew more than me, but I did all of the work myself. I built a new kitchen from scratch, re-insulated and built new walls, designed new cupboards, got custom paint to match the drapes I'd made years earlier. She was finished in stages as I went back to work as a travel guide. I completed new door panels on a picnic table in Great Basin National Park and installed the kitchen drawers while camping at a hot spring in the eastern Sierras. Originally, her interior was that nasty late 80s, early 90s fake wood brown and had certainly seen better days. Now when I open the doors, people kind of gasp because the outside still looks like she is a beater, but inside, she is comfortable and cozy. Pure me with dark wood, teal paint, red carpet, photos, and knickknacks from my travels. I finally finished her this winter when I lived in one place again, and when my lease ran out in April, I moved into the van, celebrating her completion with a two-week road trip to Gran Escalante National Monument. I live in her full-time now camping in the woods around Tahoe some nights and in my friend's backyard in Reno others. I've realized the sense of home the van gave me on that first trip to Mexico is why I couldn't let her go. After seven years of being effectively homeless because of my line of work, Belinda is home, more so now than before. She is no longer a reminder of my ex. She is mine, 1000% purely and completely mine, made with a lot of my sweat, a few tears, a couple of drops of blood, and a little bit of help from my friends. No matter where I am parked, no matter if I am on an adventure or not, I am home. Without knowing it, that was my motivation for fixing her up all along. Back to Chris. In knowing the why behind her van conversion, the driving motives, I also wanted to learn about the how. What did it take to complete her adventure mobile? Some people come into a camper conversion with a few tangible skills to apply. Some people don't. Either way, building out an adventure mobile is full of opportunities to learn. So what about Chris's story? Here's how the van became the travel vehicle it is today. I had not built out a van before, but I had built um, a couple platforms when I was in art school and after art school. Platforms as in like a lofted platform to like sleep on. And then after that, I had taken a couple different woodshop classes at like a community college. So I felt confident in creating simple things like I had made tables and boxes and platforms and stuff, but more complicated things like anything with a hinge or a handle. I was like, nah, I'll just simplify it. <laughs> so I hired a friend to put in a floor for me and also do the side paneling for me because there are no straight lines in the van that I have. But I built a box that went between the two front seats and has a lid and I was like, okay, that's good. And I spent my time with that. So it has like handles and stuff and it has hinges and properly fits and it, it's not junky like most things that I build. So when you completed the van, how did you feel? I felt like really impressed that it was done. <laughs> like, oh, it, it happened. Because when you work on something for so long, it's like that becomes a part of your reality. It's like work, sleep, eat, work on van. So when it was actually completed, I was like, that's weird. <laughs> I even consider the van, it's like, it's always being altered in different ways. I still had to take it on test trips at first to be like, what doesn't make sense here? What can I improve upon? What did you find in those test trips? Like, how'd you end up modifying it? I realized like, oh, I do need additional storage space. I did need to build out a couple more like cabinets. And I definitely learned you need a place for everything. <laughs> If you don't know where it is, it's just gone. 
Someone else who knows about the ins and outs of building an adventure vehicle solo is Emily Hart. She didn't have a van, and she didn't have unlimited resources. But she did have passion, perseverance, and ingenuity. And one other thing, which she'll share with you in her voice admission. I'm a teacher, and I live in Denver, Colorado, so I have a lot of breaks, and I'm close to a lot of interesting places. So for the past two years, I've spent my breaks traveling on my own to national parks. I didn't really feel comfortable tent camping everywhere alone, and accommodations near most of the parks are definitely not in a teacher's budget. I wished for the van life, but didn't have a van. (laughs) but I did have an SUV and Pinterest. So in the spirit of doing what I can with what I have, I got help from my brother-in-law and my parents to make a sleeping platform in the back of my SUV. Um, There are curtains, there's a drawer, storage, really everything that I need. I've traveled to 27 US national parks and five Canadian parks. So far, on my own, the last eight, I was able to camp in my SUV, and it's been so amazing. It's freeing. I wake up in the most beautiful places and really just realize that even in this little car, I have everything that I need. There's a simplicity about it. In wrapping up my call with Chris, I asked her to reflect on a piece she wrote for She Explores last year on van buildouts which really could apply to any kind of camper you might convert. This piece has heart, and when it was originally published, I was, in fact, going through our own camper conversion. It truly resonated, so I had to hear her take on where she was at that time. For Chris, it all came back to relationships. I had just left three months earlier in the van, I think, and I was still sort of, like, holding on to, you know, what I focused a lot in that piece that I wrote was, like, Oh, I don't want to leave my friends. I miss my friends. And so I was definitely missing them at that time. And also learning how to accept how I feel in a way. Because when you put so much effort into something, and this applies to all these lots of different things you could do in your life. When I built out the van and started traveling alone, which was my goal when I first thought about building out a van at all. I wanted to be alone and I wanted to explore and I wanted to meet strangers and climb and stuff. During the time that I was building out my van, my priorities shifted in a way, or like I learned that I had like such a good family where I was, chosen family, and that they were actually so much more important to me during that time of my journey than I realized until I left. And that was good to know. But a big part of me wanted to, like, quash that. It was like, no, I did I did all this work. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> so I think that's just something I need to continue to work through. It's like recognizing when I'm bearing feelings or being stubborn in uh, a decision that I've made. Whereas I think it's better to take your time and process things and just ruminate on these things that come up. Sometimes when women build out a camper, they've got a significant other by their side. This was certainly a part of my story. Building out an adventure vehicle with my boyfriend Shane was one of the most challenging things we'd ever done together. Although we took our time to build out the transit just the way we wanted, that didn't equate to a leisurely experience by any means. We sacrificed weekends and nights after work, braved the cold, wet Seattle winters, 
and exchange date nights downtown for trips to Home Depot. I'm the first to admit that woodworking is not in my wheelhouse, despite my attempts. So the majority of the carpentry design and execution fell on Shane's shoulders, with me coming into sand, paint, stain, and sew all of the finishing touches together. To be honest, there are still days where I think back on the van's conversion, looking at how beautiful it is now, and question if I did enough. The financial undertaking, the physical stress of long days, and the uncertainty as to how most projects would be properly accomplished, or if they could be accomplished at all, could poke at any relationship. And we shared some stressful times together for sure. At one point, we almost drilled through the side of the van's sheet metal in an effort to install the wall panels, mutually cringing and needing to sit on the floor for a few minutes to catch our breath. At another point, just three months before we planned to hit the road full time, we discovered a leak in the van ceiling having to take out every single board we ever installed in the van to check for rust damage before reinstalling it. But we found that the small wins of having something fit correctly, the progress photos we took, the shared learning, finding just the right solution for a feature we knew we needed, and of course the celebrations we'd have at milestone moments, it all added up to an experience that built up our relationship and gave us confidence in our abilities to succeed together as a team. For us, we wouldn't be as comfortable with life on the road now had we not shared the experience of building our adventure home together first. In a voice submission, Alyssa Pelletier of Outside Found shares some similar sentiments about what it's like to build out a mobile home with your partner and the influence it can have on your relationship. A few years ago, my husband Will and I bought a full-size school bus and converted it into our ultimate adventure mobile. We chose to go on the road to take advantage of this time in our life when we have few responsibilities and tons of freedom. We wanted a mountain bike and run in all the beautiful mountain towns that the West has to offer. We also work full-time, which is why we chose the bus. Our adventure mobile needed to have all the amenities of a home on wheels plus a fully mobile office. At 40 feet long with a price tag of just $5,500, a school bus was the perfect blank canvas for our conversion. I can say without a doubt that completing the bus conversion was the hardest thing we have ever done. We chose to go all out for our conversion, which meant taking out all the seats and interior skin, re-insulating, building from the ground up. We planned for a living space, a full kitchen with a fridge, stove, and hot water, a bathroom with a toilet and a shower, office with external monitors for our computers, a comfortable bed area, and a garage for all of our outdoor gear. After several months of planning and research, we put our business on hold and dove straight into bus conversion. There's no manual for converting a bus, and at that time there weren't a lot of other bus conversions on the internet, so we did a lot of learning as we went. This meant we spent a ton of time doing things incorrectly until we got the hang of it, then tearing out our work and redoing it correctly. For example, the night after a full day of installing ceiling panels, I had an aha moment right before going to sleep that led us to rip everything down and start fresh the following day. It took a lot longer, but in the end, it was so worth it to get a final product that we were proud of. Fortunately, Will and I are pretty headstrong, stubborn people. Even though the conversion process was an emotional roller coaster, we were not interested in giving up and found some creative ways to deal with the stress. One of the best things that we did during this process was to flip-flop. If someone was frustrated, we would switch tasks with one another. This fresh perspective allowed us to work through the tough problems without getting too overwhelmed. After finishing the bus, we spent two summers traveling the western states, visiting all the best spots in Washington, Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, Colorado, Utah, and Arizona. Each and every day was an incredible adventure that we will treasure for the rest of our lives. 
Looking back, though, the biggest gift that the bus gave us wasn't all of these adventures. It was the knowledge that we can accomplish big, impossible projects. Memories are wonderful, and we will make so many more incredible outdoor adventure memories through the rest of our lives. But this confidence that the bus project gave us is a gift that we'll keep on giving for forever, really. There's no one way to know you did a camper build right, but completing a conversion with your partner and feeling like you can tackle something big together is a sign of success in my book. And few things make a project feel bigger than being short on time. Julia Bonney shared a voice memo with us recounting a story of the camper project she took on with her partner, Logan. Unlike Alyssa and I, Julia faced the additional challenge of building out her camper in just one weekend. Let's hear about it from Julia. The decision to move into a van was one that came quickly, but not unexpectedly. Logan and I had been dreaming of living in a van long before we met each other, and once we started dating, that dream became a future plan. Then, in March, we both snagged jobs in Wyoming and decided to turn that dream into real life. The problem, though, was time. It was mid-March, we were vanless, still living in Tennessee, and needed to be in Wyoming by the first week of May. The next few weekends were a blur of packing up our lives and finding the right adventure home. We looked at several vans before finding the perfect one. She was a 1990 Ford E350 extended cab with the seats taken out. We bought her on the spot, named her Sweet Caroline, and set out turning an empty van into a space that was livable. Between visits to family, previously arranged plans, and the fast approaching departure date, only one weekend remained for conversions. We lucked out, though, as Logan's brother works for a flooring company and offered his help, in exchange for a six-pack. We opted for simple, in part because time was tight, but we also weren't trying to break the bank on a project that we hadn't saved for. The first thing to go down was the floor. Insulated and laminated, the floor was built strong enough that even with future upgrades, it won't need replacing. It took us a day to install, and by the time evening settled in, we wondered if we would have time to add everything else that we wanted. Come morning, that doubt was doubled when we learned the floor needed fixing and our time was cut again. I was frustrated, Logan was frustrated, and as the stress of will we get this done on time began to rise, we sat back to reevaluate. We would build a bed platform, that was certain, but the cubbies and cabinets I had hoped for would have to go. By 4 p.m., the floor was done, the bed platform built, and the group exhausted. But there was one more thing that I wanted. Can we build a shelf to store bins for the food? I asked and was met with a collective groan. It would free up floor space, I reasoned with Logan. It would allow us to get rid of the ugly plastic shelf we currently plan to use. They gave in, eventually, and as the day wrapped up, we stepped back to admire our handiwork. Two weeks later, we hit the road. Caroline doesn't have a fancy build. We have a cooler for a fridge, use plastic bins to store our clothes, and have a battery-powered fan to keep us cool. But she's cozy, homey, and uniquely ours. There are scarves on the wall to add color, there's a makeshift cup holder up front to hold coffee, and there's a fought-for shelf, which has proven to be the perfect place to store food. Caroline holds what we need, nothing more, nothing less. But in her simplicity, we've found that our lives have been simplified too. In a quest to adventure and live simply, it's not just solo explorers and traveling sweethearts who build out campers. There are a lot of families out there who want to expose their children to the wonders of the open road, and they want to build a mobile home that suits their child's growing up experience. Sarah Ernst and her husband are doing just that for their young daughter, Stella. Our millennial couplehood had come to a close and we would be tailoring the life of a two-year-old come spring, a fiercely wild, beautiful, untethered soul we could choose to stay on the normal path of parenthood 
or we could do something radically different. We chose the wild for her. The van was designed for her and for a life lived outdoors where Stella's feet could be muddy and sandy, only cleaned by lakes and oceans, where she begged to jump out and explore, to sit on the roof deck looking for Mr. Moon and the stars, where she could be free. We all could. The conversion was done entirely by James and I, Stella in tow, for nearly most of it, a definite challenge considering having an independent walker and trouble sir was uniquely challenging. There were some beautifully sweet moments of her playing with loose nuts and bolts in the front cab while James and I quietly threw each other shade about how to install this or that. I'm almost always exclusively the finisher or detail person during builds while James does the grunt work. It's a nice dance, but definitely not one without relationship testing. Builds have a way of exposing your flaws and shortcomings. Having the patience and courage to step back is so critical. The bitter winter cold would tear at our patience, making simple tasks uncomfortable and demanding. Um, but my favorite moment was one night. Stella was with her grandparents. We had a few hours alone to get a sizable amount of work done uninterrupted. But instead, we threw a space heater in between the two side doors and we slid our completed wardrobe unit across the fresh new flooring. It was the very first piece of furniture we had ever built and we built it together and it fit and we couldn't believe it so we spent the rest of the evening sitting on the van floor drinking some beers admiring the first piece that made this shell feel like something. Sometimes you build out a camper for your child and other times the script gets flipped. Earlier this year a California-based father Sean and his two daughters Paige and Quinn got a van. They gave it a fun name. Mooha! and had dreams of converting it into a proper travel vehicle with the help of a third party. Sean's dream originally was to have a rustic, rugged rig to drive on weekends with his daughters. But plans began to shift as Sean realized that his smart, opinionated girls had some clever ideas about the van's interior build. Instead of fighting it, Sean decided to empower his daughters to run with the designs they were thinking up. And we did, we, I just realized that my vision at that moment was very different than what hers was. And... Then once I realized that, like I was like, I just need to relinquish control and just say, we're seeing it totally different. And I realized like, it's not like one was better than the other. Like I was like, wow, she's actually spending time. Like she's got a whole vision of this thing. So Paige and Quinn, it seems like you've been, you've been making most of the decisions about what the inside of the van is like. Is that right? Well, yeah. Yeah. But basically, he's kind of like the messenger. Like, he's the one who pays for it, and he, he'll he go to me. He'll be like, oh, I haven't been been able to decide this. Like, for the things attaching the window, the shades, so they can curl up. Like, he's like, what color should they be? Should they be, like, bronze, gold, or, like, just silver? And, like, bronze, of course, I think. I'm kind of the person who makes the decision and like Quinn will like decide on it and say, yeah, no, maybe so. So that's kind of our process. And after I make the decision, my dad will go down, tell the people what the decision is. And then um, that's how we've been building out like a whole van. 
Some of the joy for this trio in having the girls design their adventure mobile is in their decisiveness, sense of style, and imagination. Paige and Quinn are full of great ideas, and have thought of almost everything the van needs inside, from the color scheme to bench placement to an amazing light setup. We were driving home from Disneyland, and we saw these lights that were like purple, pink, blue, and like rainbow, so I said, can we have those in Muha? Some decisions weren't always so easy, but in the end, it's been a great way for the girls to test their budding skills in negotiation and project management. Here's Paige explaining one of her favorite features in Muha, and it's one she advocated strongly for with her dad until it was a reality. So basically, from the first day um, we saw the van, I'm like, uh, if we get this, I'm, I'm really only going to get this on one condition that would get a yellow fridge. And my dad's like, no, of course not. A yellow fridge is like crazy. In the end, you'll find that Muha does in fact have a yellow fridge. To wrap things up with Paige and Quinn, I asked them what they learned about one another in this process of working on a camper design together. Here's Paige on what she now knows about her younger sister, Quinn. I noticed that she's like, she's actually like love, likes doing this stuff, which I thought was really cool. The Quinn I know just loves home and wouldn't like building like another home. But then Quinn's like, it's a home we can travel with. Taking on the large task of designing a camper van was made more fun and special as a family project. When Sean let go of his own personal design concepts and handed over the reins to his two young daughters, he ended up creating a bond through this adventure van that will last throughout the girls' childhoods and well into their adulthoods too. In our last voice submission of this episode, Amaris Walker shares her now adult perspective on her childhood, which was primarily on the road, and how it still impacts her life to this day with her nomadic way of living. I grew up in a family band traveling around the country with my family, my brother, my parents, and our dog in a 10-foot Airstream and a Gladiator van. We performed thousands of shows all across the country for children in elementary school and primarily did music and comedy around how important the environment was and sustainability and protecting the environment. We were called the Earthwalkers. At 36 years old now, uh, I've been pretty much all over the place and decided that I wanted to give up my apartment and be nomadic. And I run my own business. I do digital marketing and video production for my clients, so I can work from pretty much anywhere. Originally, I was going to buy a trailer or a van, but basically what happened is that it came to the point where I was ready to get out of my place, was ready to leave and get on the road, and I didn't have a trailer yet, so I just decided to do it with my car. My decision to do this was a long time in the making. I'd been thinking about it for for a while, and I've done some international travel recently, so I just decided, why don't I live in America the way that I live when I'm traveling internationally, which is with very little stuff, um, just what I what I need, honestly. I have one suitcase for dressy occasions and one suitcase for hiking gear, and I take them both everywhere I go. People remark to me all the time about how difficult it must be to live like this, but also how jealous they are and how much they wish they could do something like this. And I just encourage anybody, whether you don't have kids and and a spouse and a dog and a house like me and you're able to do it, or you do have all of those things and you decide you want to take a year off from living in your house, take your kids on the road, take your dog with you, get out there. My parents did it and both my brother and I turned out just fine. So I say... Take your kids with you. Go out and see everything you possibly can. I recommend it for anybody.
Thanks so much to Chris Holbrook, Paige, Quinn, and their dad, Sean, and to everyone who submitted a voice recording for this episode of Women on the Road. You can follow along on the adventures of everyone you heard today through the links in our show notes and on she-explores.com. If you like Women on the Road, odds are you'll like our parent podcast, She Explores. Hosted by Gail Straub, She Explores is a podcast for and about women who are inspired by time spent outside. Gail has an incredible knack for finding inspiring women and stories to share, covering topics like hiking solo, mental health in the outdoors, adventuring with kids, entrepreneurship, and more, all from the outdoorsy woman's perspective. You can find the She Explores podcast by visiting www.she-explores.com slash podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you stream stories. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite way to listen in. We'll be launching episodes every other Friday and don't want you to miss anything. Also, if you could take a few minutes to review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, that'll help listeners find us and would be so appreciated. If you want to learn more, any links mentioned here are also listed on the podcast episode page via the Woman on the Road section of she-explorers.com. Music is by Josh Woodward. We're proud to be edited by Gail Straub and produced by She Explores.